clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught. Caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown. Here goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. Explosives wouldn't be so bad. Turns out they were still bad. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think I need one of those guards because the, obviously the volume looks fine right now. But when I really get going and the plosives start, well, I bloating, mean, I think that's a, there's a natural element to that. Yeah, we get excited. Just want it to be better. I just want it to be better. Welcome to the show, guys. Another crazy week in the NFL. Adam hates. Everybody, oh. um, because I think he's done with pass picks. I think it might be over. I don't know about that. I think it might be fully over. Um, regardless, we've got lots to talk about today, so why don't we get into some rant, rave, recall. recall. Whoa, little, little accent okay. there. Okay, rant, rave, recall. Um, Walk in here. So the funny thing is, is that I don't actually think I can do the recall I wanted to do. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> The mega recall you can't do. So my do? mega recall was this is the uh, this is the website I use to do my big playoff prediction things. Okay. Um, and I had gone through it and I had completely do, like finished the season like fourteen different ways and I was gonna do. No, you know what? I'm still gonna do it. I can still remember it. I can remember it. So I'm, I'm gonna do a mega recall on the show today. Okay. Get out your pens, pencils, and quill and ink, folks, if you want to follow this, okay? Wow. I'm doing a mega recall. I'm repicking the entire NFL playoffs right now. Oh, man. Okay? So some of it will be the same and some of it will be different, but I think it's just totally, completely shifted, and I want to do this. So, division winners in the AFC. I'm sticking with the Bills, okay? I think it's going to come down to the wire. I think it's going to come down to that Miami game, but I'm sticking with the Bills. Division winner in the AFC West. Sticking with the Chiefs, right? Um, it looks so much worse when you look at the division like that. Like, oh, how the mighty have fallen when they're going to be the hardest division in the NFL. It's crazy. <laughs> the Raiders suck and I hate them. Uh, it, now, in the north, this one was hard because obviously Baltimore and Cincy are going in opposite directions right now. But I'm still sticking with the Ravens. Okay. Ooh. So, so far, no recalls. Um, and then, of course, the recall of the Colts to the Titans. I don't know if I did that publicly on the show before, but that is a recall. Okay. So those are the four division winners. Buffalo, KC, Baltimore, and Tennessee. They're all currently in their leads. Now, the three playoff teams. I got the Dolphins out of the AFC East. 
I've got the Bengals out of the AFC North. And my final playoff team for the 20-year phase is so funny. Came down between the Los Angeles Chargers and the New York Jets. And I ended up having the New York Jets sneak into the playoffs. Oh, man. Those are my seven teams in the AFC. That's my one recall. My second recall, the NFC was interesting, to say the least. Uh, So let's start with the... Uh, NFC West. I think that the 49ers still end up winning this division. I know it's going to be interesting. I know we're going to talk about uh, their quarterback situation coming up here in news and notes, but I think they still get it done. They have a 4-0 lead in the division, as you can see on the screen. So I, I just think that you can't. It's hard to overcome, right, um, by the Seahawks, who are the only team that could get them. So I'm sticking with the 49ers there. I'm going to obviously the Vikings in the um, NFC North. In the NFC East, currently three teams in the in the playoffs. The Commanders on the outside looking in because of their tie. Everybody said that was a good thing. Um, I think the Eagles are just going to get it done. I I know that like everybody's talking about how they just need to drop one and they play the Cowboys again. Still to finish the season, I just think two games only lead five games left. You already have victory over your divisional opponent. Um, I just I don't see a scenario in which the Eagles drop two more. Uh, so I'm sticking with the Eagles there. So we got Eagles, Vikings, 49ers. And in the South, before before last night, I was going to come on the show and say that it was going to be the Panthers. And then I was right from the very beginning of the season. And I should have stuck with my guns. But now I don't know what to do because the, the Bucks won. <laughs> so I'm just going to not answer that. <laughs> it's going to be one of those teams. That's what it's going to be. Um it's only going to be one team, obviously. Uh, That's going to be my prediction show next year. Is what? It's going to be one of these teams. Yeah, I think it's a smart thing to do. So we've got Philly, Minnesota, the 49ers, and some piss-poor team out of the NFC South. Um, so the wildcard teams, I have the Cowboys, obviously. And then I had the Giants. And then my final team in the NFC for the playoffs, I had the Commanders. I have the entire NFC East going in. Oh, man. That's my full recall, okay? So that's my mega recall. Um, A lot of it very similar from the beginning of the season, but some of it a little bit different. I obviously did not have the Giants nor the Commanders in the playoffs uh, at the beginning of the season. I didn't have Cincinnati in the playoffs at the beginning of the season because I thought that they were just going to miss out. Um, I definitely didn't have the Jets in the playoffs, so... Some some different things. I think I actually had Tennessee missing it or being the seventh seed rather than winning the division because I was saw in the Colts. But yeah, last night really bummed me out because I really thought that the Saints were going to pull that off, and then it was just going to be which one of these games is going to win two or three more games. And I looked at the Panthers' schedule and I was like, oh, I believe in this. This could happen. But unfortunately, I don't know if it's going to happen. So that's that. Okay. Mega okay. recall. Mega. I'm just looking at something real fast. I think that as somebody, also Mina Kimes of ESPN, uh, she tweeted, she was like, watching this game makes me so frustrated because one of these teams, uh, because now the Bucks are probably going to be in the playoffs, but like if the Falcons just win a couple more games, they're at least fun to watch. And I was like, this is so stupid to watch. Tom Brady struggled to throw the ball downfield at 45. Oh, I'm curious. I, I realized the... Strength of schedule is is a little bit rough, but what makes you think that all of the NFC East teams are going to get in over the Seahawks right now? So I actually let's see if I can pull this back up real quick without messing up everything. 
because I I just look at the matchups that are left, right? And this is why I like using this because I think that it's easy to be like, this team's going to make the playoffs without like looking at their record. Sure. Um, but like I look at the Seahawks' remaining schedule. Uh, the I the Panthers off a bye is not an easy game, no, not right? At all. Not like at all. people are. I think a lot of people pencil that one in for that. That is not an easy game. But then they have to host the 49ers um, on Thursday night football. I would give the I would give them a loss in that game. I just I I know that like the quarterback position is a question, but that the I just think the 49ers are a better team. And then they still have to play Kansas City and the Jets, who are both and obviously Kansas City's incredible, and you have to go to KC. Um, and then the Jets are an incredibly good football team, right? Uh, so the only easy quote unquote games they have left under schedule, I think, is the Rams in the final week of the season, um, and then maybe you would say the Panthers, but I don't think the Panthers, especially coming off of rest, are easy. So they just have a really hard schedule, and then I go and look at the Commanders' schedule, which is not crazy easy either. But they get to be home for the Giants game rematch next week after a bye. I think that that is incredibly in their favor to know the team just play the team you're about to play have a full bye week to rest and prepare for the same team you played and get to host them that's just such an advantage so i will say though that also knocks the giants down which you have them going over the sure sure so in this scenario i have the the washington winning this game losing in san fran but then beating uh cleveland and that puts that put them at uh nine five and one and I'm going to poke the bear for a second. And then the Giants. Last one week, sec- you said the Browns would know, win that game. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> but then I have the Giants losing uh, two straight, which puts them at 7-7 seven, seven, or 7-6-1. Or but then I have them beating the Colts and the uh, Vikings to win with nine ga- to go with nine uh, wins as well, which would finish them off. Wait, so the in the next couple of weeks, you have them losing to Philadelphia, mm-hmm. losing to Washington. But upsetting the Vikings. And beating the Colts, getting them to nine, which I think is enough in the NFC. Well, then they also have to play the Eagles again. Sure, but they would already have nine wins that put them in. Both this, teams, I think, will finish with the same exact record. This is interesting. And both make it in. I'll have to pull it up on my work laptop. That's the one that I have it on. But regardless, <laughs> um, I just think that they both sneak in because of the tie. I think the tie is going to come down to the... like There are going to be teams like the Lions who have streaked. And again, we'll see what happens with them. Um, but like they're gonna be teams. It might not be the Lions, but they're gonna be teams that like are trying to grab that last spot. That it's just not gonna be there because they're gonna be boxed out by win percentage and because of the tie. Well, I will say during during the last couple minutes of this that game when you're like, "What do you do here?" It's like you play for the tie, and you're like, "That's dumb." But now you're saying that the tie is the the tipping point. Of I'm saying in. I'm saying that the tie works in their favor. I still wouldn't play for a tie. I mean, I would absolutely play for a tie if you're saying because of the tie they get in. Right, I'm I'm explaining to you that as an irrational human being, <laughs> <laughs> now looking back on it, sure the tie is great, but in the moment I would never ever play for a tie. That's gotcha. what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Ray Ray recall. That was a lot, but very fun, very fun. Mine's going to be much more simplistic than that. I'm gonna give a rave. Gonna be a little bit of a homer here. We haven't. I don't think we have. I know at least I haven't talked about this guy. I have to give a huge rave to Christian Watson. Uh, the narrative, the story has just been very, very fun. You know, the first play of the the 22 season was the dropped bomb. And then, you know, there were all of those struggles attached to that. And, 
you know, there was a, a lot of narratives that we just talked about. We're like, what if he'd caught that pass? Would the Packers have won that game? Who, I mean, that's all hearsay. You can't obviously know those things. But to have that, have all that drama, then against Dallas, you know, Aaron Rodgers said he, he exercised a lot of demons in that game. And since then, he, he's been on fire. Just the last four games alone, he has 15 catches, eight touchdowns off those 15 catches. I actually don't think it because one of them was a rush. So seven would have been the receiving touchdowns, I believe. 313 yards regardless. I mean, he's been on an absolute fire, which is great. There have only been two rookies to have eight touchdowns in a four-game period. So he joins Randy Moss. Pretty great company to have done that in his rookie year. And what else can you say then? Uh, Jenna Ortega, Wednesday Adam herself. Christian Watson is her favorite NFL player. I don't. I was going to bring up a point, but I don't think I need to after that. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. It makes me wonder what would have happened had he not dropped that first pass. Like, like, <laughs> did he need to go through such adversity to become such an explosive player? Or was it always in him and he just, like, lost confidence and that's why he couldn't do it early in the season and then he got banged up and couldn't stay on the field? Like, I, I wonder what... I mean, obviously, you know, we can sit here and, and surmise what it would be until the cows come home. But I really am curious. Like, what if he catches that first pass? It's a touchdown oh my gosh, here we go, right? Yeah. Like maybe it's a totally different rookie season. Maybe it's a totally different Packers team because this is the kind of weapon they've needed all year, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, it looks like they're not going to have quite enough gas to finish this season in the playoffs. Although, I don't know. Like I will say, in the scenario that I had, (laughs) I had the Packers winning out, which I know is big, but that puts them at 9-8, and but they don't make it. Because both the teams above them have a tie and their win percentage is, is better. Oh man! Um. So, but again, I I just I I'm glad you pointed it out. Uh, I have him in a lot of fantasy leagues now, which is fun. Um, and I don't look so stupid for trading some first round picks. Yeah, you certainly don't. I will Watson. say that that first day, the the Dallas game, you were doing it live, and I was like, "Come on, what are you doing?" But I, sometimes you got to make some bold strokes, man, uh, uh, to get your guy. I will say I was I so I offered the one deal with Stefan Diggs for Watson in a second round pick and he kept saying no to it. And at the time, I felt like he was being an idiot. I was like, this is a great deal for you. You have no idea what Watson is actually going to be. And like, I feel like obviously it would look like I won that deal at this point in time, five weeks later. Right. But at that point in time, I'm like you are being an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I, I think yeah, we don't need to talk about fantasy football, but it's okay. Yes, yeah, Christian but I Watson. think Christian Watson He's deserved clear. deserved a little rave. I agree. I agree. All right, let's get to some news and notes. The number one big news story of the day. Baker Mayfield was released this week and he was claimed on waivers today by the LA Rams. Now, a lot of interesting facets to this thing. One, I actually think it's a great fit for Baker. I think that Baker the Big Vay runs a similar scheme to the one that Stefanski ran with him in Cleveland in his best two seasons or his best season ish. Um, <laughs> but so I think that that in general is a good fit. And then the other interesting aspects of this is one, Adam Schefter said that he could play Thursday against the Raiders, that he should be in LA tonight. Um, but and a couple other sources said that as well, but Tom Pelissero of NFL Network said, quote, obviously he won't play Thursday, end quote. So I don't know what that whole thing is. John Wolford obviously has a neck injury. Um, they went to Bryce Perkins for a game, didn't love what they saw. Obviously, that's why they went back to Wolford. So we'll have to see what happens for Thursday night. But the other interesting thing about it is that the 49ers did not claim Baker Mayfield, and that was a big 
story that's been brewing the last 48 hours is that is that a possibility that he would go with Shanahan to the 49ers um we're wondering if the news on Jimmy G which is that it's a seven to eight week injury now it is not a Liz Frank injury does not require surgery and so that he could be healthy in time for the divisional round of the playoffs this year so there's a lot of facets to this but Baker Mayfield is now a Ram yeah I I I, I agree it is a good fit for Baker Mayfield for for what a month like I, this I don't I don't really understand because unless, you don't understand it from which person's side obviously Baker didn't have a say in it right so Baker Mayfield didn't have a say in it but like as the Rams because you I guess pride is it pride like you're trying to win no, I think I honestly think the big point I think the Two points are this. One, he's a former first overall pick. Who's to say you don't bring him in there and then all of a sudden you find something because it's a really nice uh, in a system. But two, I think this is a, comp- a compensatory pick move because if you claim a guy off waivers and he leaves in free agency, you get a compensatory pick that goes towards that formula. I think that the Rams are just being clever in how they're manipulating their Well, board. that's only if they sign for so much money, and I don't think anyone's going to be like, Baker Mayfield, here's a $50 million contract. I don't know about $50 million, but somebody is going to sign Baker Mayfield in the offseason. Somebody's going to look at him. Sam Darnold's gotten three shots. Baker Mayfield's only really gotten two. So I, somebody's going to sign Baker Mayfield. I mean, what do you mean Sam Darnold's gotten three shots? Sam Darnold had more than one shot in the Jets, that's for sure. And then he got signed to the Panthers to be the guy and then he wasn't the guy and then this year he wasn't been the guy and now they've gone back to him so like well that's because none of the I'm, guys were the guy I'm just saying that Sam Darnold's gotten multiple like people get chances right especially when you're high draft capital somebody will take Baker Mayfield sure but I think it's that going doesn't to guarantee be you a for pick. pretty low money right but I'm saying it, it doesn't guarantee you a pick but this is a totally non-costly move to say maybe we see a guy maybe in our system right, okay. is going to be good and if he's not we get a chance at getting something so back with for that him, being right? said if he's good are they done with Stafford is he done uh, listen we need to have a very serious conversation about Matt Stafford in the offseason I don't know if we need it for right now but he won a Super Bowl that's great but the, the he wasn't even healthy when he won the Super Bowl right like the guy just can't stay healthy so I don't think it's very smart for a team to be like, you know what, we still have Matt Stafford. Let's not even look at other quarterbacks, right? Sure, but so um, that's what I'm saying. Like, is and then like you just said, we'll talk about it later, which is fine. But I mean, they gave him a hefty contract. Like, it's not like, oh, okay, you you can leave now. And again, I'm the one who also said that I would love just to see him blow it all up because it feels like that that's what they're going to have to do. Um, but I just think that. They gave up picks and money to win a Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl. I, you have to wonder hey. if there are people in that organization that are like, this sucks, but we got what we wanted. <laughs> we got a Super Bowl. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's shift the conversation to something that you, you brought up. Is it realistic? So we're sitting here Tuesday. It's 2.30-esque in, on the West Coast. Is it realistic for Baker to play 20, 40, 52 I, hours from now? I think so. I don't think he's going to. I'd be surprised if he did. But I, I think that it's not that crazy. I don't think that the, I don't think Baker Mayfield on, you know, 48 hours of, of studying a playbook is going to be all that different than John Walford. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. Like, I feel bad. He has he shown a couple of nice moments, right? But he's really not shown to be a, a starting NFL quarterback. So, I 
I, at this point, at the, it would be different if this was a contending football team. You know what I mean? But it's not. So why not just, if, if you feel like he's comfortable, just put him out there, right? What does it matter? So I, I'll say this to play the the provocative opinion. Has really, other than saying this is the number one former overall pick, he took the Browns to the playoffs. Like, great. I mean, Baker Mayfield, the last year and a half hasn't been like, oh, this is a quality NFL sure, starter. And this is, he's such a fascinating case study because he sets rookie records his first year and then he struggles, but then Stefanski comes in and he has this run with Stefanski where he throws 20 touchdowns to three interceptions to end a season, wins the the Browns their first ever playoff game in like 20 years, and it's just truly one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, right, for a decent stretch of a year. I mean, I don't and know then, if I'd say that. I would, I would. I think we can go back to our show where you picked he was going to be the MVP the next year. I said he would be an MVP not because, because of we, what he did, but he manages the game well. Right, but we talked about like the statistics. He was in the top 10 for everything for the majority of that season. I mean, I, I'm just saying, over a span I, I, of 17 games, if you throw 20 sure. touchdowns, you're not lighting it up. Well, that wasn't Your seven. team I'm, the, the is 20, working very well. The 20-3 to three wasn't the 17-game stretch. It was to end the season in the playoffs. But regardless, I'm saying that, that in the NFL, when you show you can have that kind of production – People are just going to continue to give you chances. And if you show that kind of production, I refuse to believe that it was just fake, right? Like, there's a difference between a Matt Flynn throwing six touchdown passes in a week 16-17 game against the Lions to earn one contract, and that's his only bright moment he's ever had in the NFL, right? There's a difference between that and Baker Mayfield, who's genuinely showed that he can have success as a starting quarterback in the NFL, right? I think those are two completely different things. I think it's also, we really, I mean, this is complete mood. It doesn't matter. Using Matt Flynn as an example isn't fair because we never, Matt Flynn never got a chance. Matt Flynn could have gone six touchdowns. Matt Flynn got a chance in the preseason and Russell Wilson was way better. And so they went with Russell well, Wilson. No one's going to be like, you shouldn't have picked Russell Wilson, obviously looking at his career. I mean, that would be silly. But yeah, Matt Flynn could have been great, but he never got the shot. And Baker as... Had Are you shots. saying that Baker has not had the shot? No. <laughs> I'm saying that Baker's best shot was the year that he had his best season. So maybe he has had Which still so maybe he has 26 had other shots. touchdowns. Maybe that's middle of the tier quarterback. Maybe he has had other shots since then, but they have not been very good shots, evidenced by the fact that no other quarterback with the Panthers has been good. And all I'm saying good. is Baker Mayfield's best year is 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. That is middle of the tier. Upper teens quarterback. Actually, let me ask you this question. Why do you think that's middle of the tier? Because we're in a world now where quarterbacks are throwing 40 touchdowns and it's not hard. Sure, but I I wish I had this stat in front of me. But I was watching it up yesterday and they were talking about how uh, a quarterback threw for 27 touchdowns for his uh, second season with the team. And he was one of only like a handful of quarterbacks to ever do that. That like 27 was a really high number of touchdown passes to throw. But that's not the NFL anymore. I, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that, but I just feel like you're scoffing at a really amazing touchdown interception ratio. I mean, is it really amazing? 26 to 8 is amazing, yes. As a guy who has seen his, his starting quarterback throw 10-plus interceptions the majority of my fandom for the Buffalo Bills, yes. Well, yeah, I Only think Allen throws way too many interceptions. <laughs> That's not going to be my setting point. Be like, Josh Allen turns the ball over all the time. No, but you're. I think you're missing the point that there's a lot of players that throw way more interceptions than that. A lot. It's not like the norm to throw under 10 interceptions. Even some of the best quarterbacks throw 10-plus. 
So, like, to be able to mitigate that and also throw 26 touchdowns. But I'm not saying that that's a bad season. But I'm, you're saying you've said one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. In He's that not. one in that one moment, I was not saying right now. I'm not saying right now. Everybody listening, I am not saying Baker Mayfield's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in that stretch, he was. And if you're able to do that, I refuse to believe that that was just... Yeah, fluke. okay, so, so that's what I'm saying. That stretch were 20 to 3, but if you look at that other than that, it was 6 to 5. So, yeah, he had a really great run. Yes. So have a that's lot, my so point. did so did Nick Foles. Don't get me started on how great Nick Foles is. <laughs> no, I'm, <just> <laughs> I'm just again, I'm just saying. I'm not saying he is right now. I'm not saying he's going to be, right? I'm just saying that... Nick Foles had a 28-3 season. It's true. It was, I actually think it was two. <laughs> but regardless, <laughs> I, I'm just saying that when you show for that long of a time, right, uh, maybe not a full season, but the majority of a season, and you win a playoff game against a playoff rival and play pretty darn well in that game, I just refuse to believe that you can never find something close to that again. And so I'm not going to scratch my head that the Rams who have question marks about their future are willing to say, let's put in a claim for a guy and see if he can actually recapture that with some better coaching. That's all. I mean, I hear you. I'm just saying Baker Mayfield is definitely a guy that needs a lot around him. You've been poo pooing Tom Brady this season. Tom Brady this season is better than stat wise is better than Baker was that year. Oh, interesting. I have not looked at it that closely enough to know that for sure, but all I know is that Tom Brady's looked bad and it sucks. <laughs> um, let's move off the Baker conversation and let's let's touch base on the the 49er situation right now. Obviously Jimmy G injured, believed to be a Liz Frank over the weekend, but today it was reported that it is not a Liz Frank injury. He does not need surgery. He could return in 7 to 8 weeks, which would be the divisional round of the NFC playoffs. I mean, what are your immediate thoughts about this? Yeah, I don't believe in this 49ers team. To I mean, I believe in them because of how well they're built. I don't think, I don't believe in the magic of Mr. Irrelevant. I don't think he's going to get him there. I also, I mean, it's great for the narrative of Jimmy doesn't need surgery. It's still a broken foot. That's, I mean, to be like, oh yeah, in six weeks you're ready to go, man. Nothing else is going to happen. They're, they're, this is a huge, huge, huge uphill battle to even get to that point. So do you think that the 49ers still win the division? Um, well, you made it sound pretty hard that anyone else can't. Well, let's um, look at it. I mean, I could bring up the schedules real quick. Um, I just think that... I actually... Actually, so I don't... I mean, to do this whole, like, I... When the Seahawks play 49ers, I, I love what the Seahawks defense is doing right now. I know it gave up 40 to Oakland, or excuse me, Vegas. Whoops! But they are making splash the rare, plays. The rare Oakland side. They are doing really well. I think I would take them over this. Like I said, I I, I obviously said that I was going to pick the Panthers this week. But even if you don't, they'd have another matchup with the 49ers. And then they still have the, the Jets and Kansas City, excuse me, on their on their schedule. The 49ers have remaining. They have the Bucks this week at home. And then they have that Thursday night clash. And then they finish with the, the commanders, the Raiders and the Cardinals. It's just, I'm not saying it's an easier schedule is what I'm saying. Those um, and offenses they have a one against San Francisco. Don't scare me. Those defenses against Brock Purdy scare. Yeah. Me. And he showed 
some nice flashes, but for the most part, he did what Jimmy G does, which is just throw to Christian McCaffrey a bunch of times and I then mean, hand on end around to Debo Samuel. There's definitely no better team for this scenario to happen than the 49ers because it's all about yak, right? So you can go behind the line of scrimmage with Debo, with Christian, whatever. But eventually when, I don't know, whatever phrase you want to say, when... The road meets whatever. The rubber hits the road. Yeah, you, you wanted to. You're be, not you going to be able to the do other that. one about the fan, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you can't. And there are examples. And I know you don't love Jimmy. I know I support Jimmy a lot, but like you need that Cardinals game where he moved the ball down so well. Sure, that's I, possible. I, I said to you the other day, Purdy he's can played very well. Do that. I mean, he's not a scrub. I like him as a prospect, but to be in this situation right now, I don't I don't think it's going to happen. And I said, I think Jimmy, you know, I still don't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo and the stat that I will die on a hill about that he he's not a great quarterback is that he's 2 and 0 in the playoffs when he's not throwing a touchdown pass. When your team's winning without you throwing touchdown passes, it just means you've been on a really great team. That's all I'm saying. But I just he has played a lot better in the last handful of weeks, and he has been part of the reason. I mean, there are a couple games where he's, like, moving in the pocket and throwing on the run, and I'm like, that's Jimmy G's doing that? <laughs> so, like, he's genuinely had some moments that have surprised me recently, but I I didn't think they were going to the Super Bowl even with Jimmy G, and I certainly don't think they're going now. I just – I think this team is so good everywhere else that I would be shocked if they drop – like – I don't think they're going to lose to the Raiders, and I don't think they're going to lose to the Cardinals. That's two wins that puts them at 10. Can Seattle win three of those five that I said? They can, but I just don't think that they will is my um, point. I think a large part of it right now, and it and it's dicey for me, is the health state, not of the 49ers, but of Seattle. Yeah, I don't know what the running back situation is going to look like. Certainly with Kenneth Walker, um, that's concerning. Uh, but you know, I, I somebody told me that they think he's going to be okay for next week. Oh. I don't know. I don't know about that. Who, but I also know that just chatting with people. It was really funny. I was yeah, just chatting with my sources. Uh, I would no, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and somebody made the joke that the Seattle call. Um, because when you listen to Sirius, we just had this discussion on the show. You have to listen to one of the calls. The Seattle call was like when um, – who's the backup to Kenneth Walker? DJ Dallas? No, who was the, there was another running back that's ahead of him. Oh, I thought it was DJ so Dallas. So this is really funny. This is hysterical when I tell you what this is about to happen is that there's another running back ahead of him that also got injured. And when that running back went down, the Seattle call goes – this is going to be terrible if he's out. We don't have any other healthy running backs on the roster. And then DJ Dallas came out, and it was like they forgot that they had DJ Dallas on the roster. Are you sure? Because DJ Dallas also got hurt. Are you sure you're not? No, I'm positive that it was DJ. I'm positive that there was another running back. But regardless, you're right. The health is concerning for them. Um, I mean, it's nice that Geno's actually just continued to play great, though. Gino, There's not been a drop-off. Gino not, elevated. I mean, been, that was one of the yeah. first drives for Seattle that he got hurt. I think he had like three carries. He had one carry for yeah, – he had three carries, but one carry was like a 30-yard gain. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Um, but, yes, Gino was awesome. Yeah, he really was last week. Very much so. And I would love to see the story of Gino Smith and the Seahawks uh, making the playoffs, winning the division after that, that big trade, and everybody said they were going to be the number one overall pick. That would be a lot of fun. I just don't. So for the hypothetical, it. let's go back to the 49ers to, to wrap this up. So they get to the playoffs. We talked about the hypothetical 
divisional game, right? So either they earned a bye, which they're not going to get the number one seed. They, I don't even think mathematically can. I, I guess mathematically they could catch the Eagles still, but a lot would crazy would have to happen. So they're not going to get the bye. So that means they win their first playoff game with you're assuming Brock Purdy under center. Do you do you See, roll with is, that guy? This is, I guess at that point, it, it, you know, we always do do these hypotheticals a lot. The answer is always, what does he look like as he's played? But really, honestly, and truthfully, I feel that you you just can't. If you make it to the divisional round of playoffs, that means that you won a playoff game with this quarterback. Unless there was an injury or he fell flat on his face and you lucked into a win, there's no way that you have that you go back to a hobbling Jimmy Garoppolo because you think <laughs> that that is your savior, right? I just there's no way. There's yeah, no way. I I mean I don't want to say I agree. I feel like you probably do need to go with the veteran leadership. But the thing is, because of that injury, like I was just saying, like eight weeks doesn't mean you're like, oh my foot's perfectly good now. Like you're still dealing with an injury just because it's healed doesn't mean you can perform at peak performance. So and I, Jimmy's peak performance isn't good enough to begin with. So it's fine. Oh. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on from news and lows. Let's get to our uh, week 13 wrap-up. Let's talk about that Jets and Vikings matchup that happened. So this one was frustrating to watch because I had picked the Jets, and I was rooting for the Jets to win. And the Jets had two chances uh, in the red zone to end the game, and one of which, Braxton Berrios, would have been a, a, a good catch for sure. Drops a catch in the end zone that could have won the game. Yeah. Um, and then the next drive, the Jets get the ball back. And Mike White throws, like, the throw of his career on fourth down to Corey Davis uh, to continue that drive. And then he just could not get it done in the end. I remember pointing out to you when we were watching that one play live where he ro- Mike White rolls out of the pocket to the right. And he tries to throw a sideline throw when there was, like, 10 yards ahead of him. We're like, why don't you just pick up the 10 yards right there? Not Even if you don't get 10, you get five, sure, right? Sure, sure. Um, so there were some miscues. But... I don't know how you felt. I felt that this was very clear evidence that I think the Jets are a better football team than the Vikings, and they just had miscues that really snafooed them at the end. Well, I don't know if I would go to that extremity. I mean, there are always—that seems to be the Vikings in a nutshell, you know, in either which way of— Last year, they couldn't win the one-score games, you know, this, or this year, they are getting it done. Maybe and... it behooves us to have the Vikings conversation, because I still, even after they've beaten us, even after they've beaten these games, I still don't believe the Vikings are a legitimate NFC threat. And I know that, that that's blasphemous. I know that that's crazy to say, but like I still don't believe in the Minnesota Vikings. I, 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 I think I agree with you in a less severe way. They're 10-2, and two. They're obviously NFC threats, but they're, are they the most feared team? No. That's how I would say it. Okay. Maybe that's just a semantics thing. I'm just saying that I I would not – I don't care. I shouldn't say I don't care, but I do want to say I don't care who they would match up with in the first week of the playoffs. I'm going to pick the other team. Interesting. I mean, it would depend. I think they can hang with anybody offensively. They have just enough defensively. Like, Zadarius Smith's been one of the best pass rushers yeah, this year. Yeah, Zadarius Smith has been awesome, I mean, for sure. you know, Harrison Smith and Patrick Peterson, they're getting up there in age, but they're still ball hawks. This team can be very good. Consistently yeah, dominant, not, that's not the case. It's not a matter of me thinking they're very good or not very good. I think they are very good. I just think that come playoff time, I don't think I don't consider them a threat as, like, somebody who's going to win, you know. I, don't, I would be stunned if they're in the Super Bowl. Is what I'm saying is that would that would genuinely shock me if they found a way to do that. I would not say I'm genuinely shocked. I the Vikings are a team 
that pieces-wise, they can win three NFL games in a row. Okay. Yeah. I don't love them. No, I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, locking yeah. them. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're they're unbeatable. Right. You'd rather have Philly, Dallas over them. Yeah, probably. Uh, obviously, I don't know starting at quarterback for the 49ers, but like if the 49ers quarterback is okay, I'd still pick the 49ers <laughs> over the, the them. Um, so, regardless. Uh, okay. Let's talk about the Commanders and the Giants. Well, actually, before we go yeah, on sure. to that, I want to go back to the Jets. Sure. Because looking at Mike White, I mean, he had a rushing touchdown, but he had a couple turnovers, the one that technically sealed the game. But that but, one I don't fault you for because that's the end of the game. You're trying to make a play. You're trying sure, to force it. Sure. Right? I think Mike White played very, very well. And I think it's very, very telling that like all the players, the team, they showed up with their Mike effing White t-shirts. Garrett Wilson said he'd go to war for Mike White. Like, is this just continuing to bury Zach Wilson? What's this mean? Oh, it's definitely burying Zach Wilson, which is unfortunate, but we just talked, we just got done fighting over Baker Mayfield, who's had three chances now, <laughs> and Sam Darnold, who has more than one. Like, it, it, in the worst case scenario for Zach Wilson is that uh, Mike White leads into the playoffs and continues to play well, but even in that worst case scenario, somebody's going to take a shot. Zach right, Wilson, I don't right? think Zach Wilson's not... done with the it, NFL, yeah. <laughs> but is Zach Wilson... Done with the Jets. I, I, I feel like that. I'm already. I'm. I feel yeah. like I'm already leaning that way. And I way. don't. And I don't. I don't think you're crazy for saying that. But I'm not ready to say that yet. I know that Mike White's played very well. And when we talk about the Jets game is in the the Jets Buffalo's in Pals picks. When I talk about that, I talk about how genuinely afraid I am of the Jets because their quarterback play is so much better than it was, and they still beat us last time with bad quarterback play. Right. Like I'm ready to have that discussion. But I'm not. I'm not ready to give up on Zach Wilson yet. I so I'm not talking in terms of talent because I don't even know if I think Mike White is more talented than Zach Wilson. But it is the true belief and rally and support that everyone is showing for him. That even like when I mean, it could be a thing that you just got your job, you just got called up, and so, like, you guys are being nice. I don't know. But even when Zach Wilson was drafted, everyone was like, yeah, like, Zach effing Wilson's our guy. And But, again, I think that this goes to show how much adversity is – I don't want to say is because it's not always – but can be used as a tool and can be sometimes invaluable to you in your life in order to succeed, you have to face that adversity because, and I, I don't, I don't know Zach, I don't know Zach Wilson's full life, but I know the narrative about him is that he comes from a rich family. He's always been the guy and he's never had to face like, I'm not the guy. Right. And so I'm sure that as a young kid, he came in and he, I mean, he, this is the kind of persona he's had in interviews and stuff and the whole, you know, story that happened in the off season that we all laughed about. Like, he has this air about him that like things get handed to him, right? Mike White was a late round draft pick, wasn't even drafted by the Jets, uh, has been benched a couple times, has been tried a couple times. His first start was against the Pats, and it was a terrible start, right? Like Mike White has had to face a lot of adversity. He had uh, great games last year. Everybody was ready to jump on the Mike White train, and then he got injured, right? Like Mike White has had to face adversity, and now he's finally having his chance at his moment. He's claiming it. So what I'm saying is that I think it's just a matter of nobody's going to rally around the guy that is the number one overall pick about a BOIU who acts like this. I, I deserve this, right? But everybody's going to rally around the guy who has been shut down at every turn and is finally getting his shot, right? 
so I'm not saying that you're not correct in you know bringing this up because this is a good thing to talk about. But I think that if Zach Wilson can face some adversity here and find his way back, I think we might see a different Zach Wilson. I hear you. I think we obviously hope for the sake of what we think is a very young talent that we will see excitement and sparks and fireworks out of this player in the future. I just, I literally don't, I, I think the time in New York might be done. Certainly if it makes if Mike White leads the middle playoffs, which I obviously just said, I think he will. I think it'll be almost impossible to go Zach. Barring injury, it'll be almost impossible to go back to Zach. Oh man, so, fun stuff. Fun stuff. Let's move to the commanders and the giants, the tie. Oh, the tie. I just could never do it. You were the one rooting for the tie. Well, so that, I, I was rooting for the tie for five seconds as a joke. And then, of course, <laughs> what happens in my life. So they flashed the stat, for those of you who didn't catch this, when they went to the overtime rule, that they have played um, five overtime games, the Commanders and the Giants have, and the record was 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. And I was like, well, now I need there to be a tie, so it's 2-2-2. Two, two, and two. And look at that. Didn't realize I had that much power. Was, all I have to do Certainly is say do. something like that for it to happen. Well, okay, Feels so here like we go. It. Now I need to find somebody who will love me and date me. It's going to happen. Go. What's when you rang the doorbell? I'm right so now? excited. <laughs> yeah, this was a weird game. This was a game I felt very confident in the Commanders. And I saw a little bit of both halves of the season Commanders. There was a real decent chunk of the game where it was the first month. The line was giving up so much pressure. Wide receivers weren't dropping the ball. They were actually the reason why it was working at all because they were making amazing catches yes. in between three defenders and whatnot. And then we saw the the fast-paced offense where guys were getting open and just maneuvering and juking and breaking tackles. This, But I was I was shocked because the reason I was so confident in the commanders was like their defense is going to be better, and they weren't. The Giants' defense was definitely better in my opinion. Uh, yeah, my two big takeaways from this game is, one, even though Taylor Heineke did play very well, and he did, he threw 275 yards, I think, a couple touchdowns, there still was not a single throw that I saw that I was like, Carson Wentz can't do that. <laughs> so I just want to point that out. I feel I, like we're probably annoying on this show. I'm with still on the Carson Wentz train. And second, I was so impressed with the Giants' I, everybody, and I know that the Giants have now gone 0-2-1 since they started 7-2. and That's not great. I know that. Um, but I was so impressed. I just, I, Brian Dable's not going to win Coach of the Year, but I think especially after this last week, I think he deserves to win Coach of the Year. Just what he's done with this roster that I think has talent. They do, but they have almost no depth, right? Yeah. Their receiving core is who? Right? And which I said a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Like, like there was a time when you're like, oh, they're going to have so much. I know. And, then it's and just... now, so I'm like, their receiving core is nothing. They don't have really any tight ends at all. Saquon Barkley is their entire. Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones on the read, zone read are their only options on offense. And they still somehow scored 20 points against this commander's defense, which is really, really good. Um, and their defense really shut down the commander's offense for the majority of the game until the end of the fourth quarter where they gave up. They were up 20-13 to 13 with the ball, and they could not put them away. And everybody is going to talk about this, and I've heard it on, on podcasts that I've listened to so far. Everybody's going to talk about Brian Dable stopped being aggressive near the end of the game. And I was like, "What do you, want? you really want him throwing the ball down the field to win a game to Richie James? 
Like your defense was your 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 defense was was stopping the Commanders. You trust that that's going to keep going. Like I know I am always the go for it guy and believe in your guys guy, but especially with this offensive uh, arsenal that they have, I just don't. It's just so hard. And I think Brian Dayball has been a magician for this team all year. Um, and so I was wildly impressed with the Giants. And, you know, like I said, I think that they end up sneaking into the playoffs here uh, by virtue of the tie that I would have never gone for. But I, yeah, I, I, I think that I'd be fascinated to see what the Giants decide with Daniel Jones in the offseason. Because I still don't believe I've seen enough from Daniel Jones this year to be like, here's your contract. You're our guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also think that it's, we talk about all these other guys not having a fair shake and, I think I we might need to see Daniel Jones with one amazing receiver, maybe. See what happens. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Um, so I'd be fascinated to follow them in the offseason. great. But I like – guy. You so here's the thing is that – He's definitely not great. There's a lot of wide receivers on this team that I love as number two or number three options. So I think if they grabbed a really, really great receiver in the draft, then I would feel totally different about this offense because then you can have Darius Slayton – uh, on the other side as a number two and you can have Richie James as a slot receiver not having to worry about being a number one option right there's there's a difference in the expectations at that point in time but I just again I'm surprised I I thought that the Giants were gonna have to win 13 to 10 and they were up 20 to 13 I was like oh yeah I got lapping I got him <laughs> and I didn't that happened more than once this weekend sure did Sure did. I will beat the dead horse continually. I'll keep doing it. I said in week six that they needed to score more than 24 points. Still have done it one time. All I have to say is that my mom runs a horse company. Can we stop beating dead horses, please? No. I'm going to go in. Mom, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Uh, let's talk about the Chiefs Bengals real quick to wrap up week 13 before we get to week 14. Joe Burrow owns Patrick Mahomes. He just does. And I, I like. Whoa, I said this last year. I know week you did. And I know you did. And I was like, ah, don't be silly. He's won two games, <laughs> and it was last year. But now in a full calendar year, he's beaten Patrick Mahomes three times. That's wild. And, and Mahomes, uh, Mahomes was good in this game. Joe Burrow was awesome. I do not think, and I know that I think he had three total touchdowns, right? He had two passing and a rushing, I think. But the stat block does not tell the story properly of the stuff that Joe Burrow was doing in this game. Maneuvering the pocket, throws on the run, finding the right guy, and never more evident than in the final moment of this game when they really needed a first down, Joe Burrow stepped up in the pocket, delivered a strike over the middle for a first down to end the game. I mean, complete command. Not afraid a single moment, not that he should be, uh, to face the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, and I was wrong about the Bengals. I was wrong about the Bengals. I misjudged Joe Burrow and this team. Uh, I misjudged this defense for sure that is chock full of people who make plays every week. Um, and the Bengals are – the Bengals should be considered um, – I Colin Coward does his Super Bowl bubble thing. I don't know if you – I don't that. know what that is. He does a Super Bowl where he says there's a bubble where there's normally four to five teams that can win the Super Bowl. Um, and he talks about starting this time who it is. Um, and I think I would have Buffalo and KC in there, obviously. I would have Dallas and Philly. But I would have, I think after this game, Cincinnati jumps into that bubble for me. Okay. They're one of the five teams that I think can win the Super Bowl this year. And uh, 
yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow just was awesome. There's not a lot else that I can say about it. I will say I think the reason that we were both wrong, we both had Cincinnati missing the playoffs, which is looking like, I don't want to say in impossible for them to miss the playoffs, but pretty much so. I think they're they're doing very well and putting themselves in a great position to be in the playoffs with the things that they overcame after the own two start and whatnot. But I remember either it was either week two or week three. I talked about, they need to run the football more. And right now they're running very, very well. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's Joe Mixon, who a couple weeks ago had the game of the century. It doesn't matter if it's P Ryan running for over a hundred yards against what I think is a very, very good defense in Kansas City. I think that's something that we always make fun of, but I think this year they've really I solidified think it. I think they're a really solid situational defense. Okay. I think, I think they give up a lot of because they're. I think they're technically like sixteen or seventeen overall. So I think that like overall they give up yards and they give up scores, but I think that they situationally are very good. I think Spagnuolo knows the moments to call the right plays to, to make the right stop for the most part. But again, that's why I was so impressed with Joe Burrow, especially on that third down at the end of the game to end the game. Sure. Those, those things mattered more to me than being like, Oh, this is the 18th ranked ranked defense. I, I think I very much have a lot of respect for, for Kansas city's defense. So P Ryan who ran for over a hundred yards, like they're doing that consistently and they're being committed to it. So as good as Joe Burrow is, like Joe Burrow threw 31 passes, was extremely efficient with those 31 passes. But I remember, I can't remember what week it was, but that was the week that he threw like 62 passes. And I was like, that's not, you're not going to win games doing that. So if you have Joe Burrow throwing 30 to 35 passes and you're completing 25, 28, 29 of those, like you're going to, there's that scary as heck. Yeah, I mean, I, for the most of the year, I had penciled in a win for Buffalo on Monday night. I don't want to play them right now, especially because I think we're in Cincinnati for that game. That'll so, be exciting. Because I really think we need the number one seed and we need the we needed to come through Buffalo to win. So that'll be, that'll be fascinating. That is sure. in Cincinnati. Scary. Uh, let's get a week 14 preview. What's the number one game that Joshua Thomas Lapping's looking forward to in week the 14? Number one game that I'm looking forward to this week. There are actually a lot of good ones, which actually like looking at paper, I don't feel like there are a lot of good ones. Like there isn't the Cincinnati or Kansas City. Like that's not this week, but there are a lot of fun stories in my opinion. A game that I'm actually really looking forward to that I won't say the one that I think you're probably going to say. I won't take that one. I won't take the obvious Miami one either that got flexed up there. I think that's exciting, but I'm really looking forward to this Minnesota Lions game. I think that's going to be a I'm, lot. I'm of fun. really glad you pointed that out. That was actually the game that I was going to say. Um, oh. Because they've been, because again, they've been streaking. I said to you on Thanksgiving, I was like, they were four and six. I was like, I wish I could root for the Lions to win this game, being five and six. Look, they've overcome their rough start. Now they maybe they're a playoff team. And Dan Campbell said yesterday or today, he was like, you know, I'd love to say that I don't pay attention, but I pay attention. And it, like four or five weeks ago, you guys all were firing me, and now all I know is I'm not fired. He's like, so as long <laughs> as I keep keep doing that, that's probably good. But yes, this is a great game to have. I'm, I'm excited about this one. 
Uh, so that was the game I was going to say. I'm not going to say Bills-Jets because I'm going to talk about it in Pals Picks. I am going to say the Miami-Chargers game because I'm going to call this, and I said this to you walking to work one day. I was like, this is the simultaneous catch versus the world game because since day one, since our mock draft episode when we talked about the draft with Tua and Herbert, we said we want we want Tua over over this. Like We, we believe Tua is the better guy and he's the better prospect. And we've looked somewhat silly for a couple years here. Um, and who's to say what this really turns out to be, right? There are still plenty of people who would rather have Justin Herbert than Tua Tagovailoa. Oh, yeah. But sure. I still will take Tua Tagovailoa over Justin Herbert. I know that – actually, I don't know that. I think Tua played well on Sunday, especially against that tough defense. Obviously, it ended poorly with a couple of picks, right? But, like – I thought Tua played pretty well, and they ended the game with a chance to win, and obviously it didn't go their way. There was a mistake. But for the most part, I thought Tua played very well against the number one defense in the NFL, and I'm still gonna, I would still take Tua over Justin Herbert today. So I'm very excited to watch this game in prime time because both teams need it, right? If Miami wants any chance at winning the division, they have to win this game. Yeah. Um, and if the Chargers want to stay in the hunt for the playoffs, they have to win this game. So I think it's going to be both teams throwing the kitchen sink because both coaches are not afraid to go for it on fourth and nine. (laughs) (laughs) There are a huge mass of Chargers fans that want to fire Brandon Staley. Did you see this on Sunday? Like that was almost trending. Like, there were tons of tweets of get rid of this guy. Don't even let him go back to the locker room. I think that's so unfair. And I know that you don't like the fourth down decisions, but I think Brandon Staley is actually a pretty darn good coach and has done a good job with this team. I like, I know that they're struggling and they're six and six now. And now it looks like they may not make playoffs and that Raiders game was just weird. But again, I, the Raiders suck and I hate them, but also the first couple of weeks, <laughs> I kept pounding the table saying this is a good football team when they were 2-5, and 1-5, and five, right? And I think they always have been a good football team. It's just that they didn't have everything together yet, right? And I think McDaniels had a really nice streak of good, coached, well-coached games, and his players are playing very well, right? So I, I, I don't think there should be any shame in losing to the Raiders at this point in the season with how they're playing. But at the same time, I just think it's unfair. Like, I don't... I know that you're frustrated as fans. I know that you feel with Herbert, you should be winning all these games and going to the playoffs and fighting for the division. But I don't know that your roster is at that point to do that right now, especially with depth, with injury issues that you're having, especially at the wide receiver position, right? I think that you still need some more pieces to get there. I don't think it's because Brandon Staley's a bad head coach. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I like Brandon Staley. I thought he was kind of uh, that wasn't a coaching hire that I was like, oh yeah, like that makes a ton. Of, like obviously that makes sense. I liked what he did last year, but for and, and it's kind of funny. I think I forget this, so I don't want to say that people do, but I think they might because of the aggression with offense. But Brandon Staley is a defensive minded coach. But the defense of the Chargers is really bad. They're historically bad at stopping the run. Did you do you know this? I actually don't know about this. They are historically yeah. bad at stopping the run. The average run against the Chargers is something like 5.48, which is the worst since 1950. There's a team on this list. I don't have this in front of me anymore. But there's a team that was like 
that's not even an NFL team anymore. <laughs> it's like the Bullets or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like the. <laughs> it's like the. Oh my god! Cincinnati Blue Jays. No, that's hysterical. I will also say I don't remember if I talked about this on my episode or not, but running the football numbers are actually way up this year um, than they have been in the last five to ten years. Uh, there's a segment on NFL Live where Marcus Spears, Ryan Clark, Mina Kimes, and Dan Orlovsky kind of break this down and break down like scheme-wise why it's working, um, personnel-wise because – and how many times have I said this on the show? Again, how you like that I always look at the TV thinking the audience is there. How many times have I said on this show when we've talked about it's passing league now that I've said the NFL is a pendulum. It always swings back. When you go heavy in one end, that pendulum will swing back. Now, I'm not saying that all of a sudden we're a running – uh, league again, but the running game is up and mattering in games way more than it used to because everybody started getting smaller, faster players on the defensive side to cover all of these wide receiver formations and tight ends that were basically wide receivers, right? They did that, and now all of a sudden, if you have a physical front front five and a tight end that can block, you're going to be able to run all over people, yeah. right? Yeah. So the pendulum always swings. Things always even out. But since 1950, it's rough, man. <laughs> yeah, let's fire Brandon Stanley. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yes, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, any other week 14 you want to highlight before we get to our next I think portion? we can just dive in. All right. It is time for... Pals Picks. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. We I'm had our, sad. I think. I'm really sad. I think maybe ever our first Pals Picks tie. I'm really, really frustrated because two of these games should have gone my way and I should have been having a little victory lap here about how I got you. I mean, you. I don't know about I, how much of a victory lap. That I'm still down also, by also so Also went 0-3. Oh, it's so. fine, but <laughs> it's fine. Just give them the rundown. <laughs> Yeah, so I went 2-0-1 this week. Adam went 0-3. There, there's actually a lot that I want to, to poke fun at since this is the first time in five years that I can. The first is, it's always during your weeks that you pick first that you're like, I'm so confident in what you're going to give me. It doesn't even matter, Josh. I'm right. Like, I gave you the hard games and I know what I'm doing now. So confident. <laughs> Um, uh, breaking news on simultaneous catch. I hate myself. Ah, <laughs> uh, we all love. I, you. I don't know if the listeners know that. We all love you so much. <laughs> the second is this was an off-air comment, but I want to go back to something that I said before this started. Can I just say I, I'm gonna let you have your moment here, but I just want to say that this is a deserved moment. <laughs> I feel like it is. Before this year's pals picks, I said to you, I will make a bet with you. I'll shave my hair if you shave your beard. And first off, you you scoffed at that because of me putting my hair on the line. But you were so con- you you con- you talked down to me at that bet <laughs> yes, because you my, were so you're like you're gonna. My response was I can't do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my cockiness saved me. Okay, <laughs> I don't have it on the line now. Okay, I just want to say that. So I got to give you <sighs> the games first this week. Insane. I am up. By nine games, but because of my tie, I have you have ten more losses than me. So play for the time I get the Commanders and Giants in the playoffs. I'm just going to pick ties every week until I get one. Now, oh man, 
Here we go. So I got to give the games to you first this week. The first game I'm giving you is an AFC North showdown. The Ravens traveling to take on the suddenly hot Steelers. Yeah, so this this one's hard because I don't know if Lamar's playing. I'm pretty I don't think he positive is. he's not. And because he's not, I'm going to pick the Steelers here. Oh. And this one's hard because this is a this is a very tough game. This is, would have been one of the ones I gave you if I got to go first. I... Still believe in the Ravens. I have not given up on the Ravens. I know I just did my mega recall and I said they're still going to win the division. I still think they figure it out when Lamar comes back. They still have a matchup with Cincy for the division. I think that that comes down to that game, right? I don't dislike what I've seen from Tyler Huntley. I think I've we've seen some flashes, but this Pittsburgh defense, now that TJ Watt is back, is very scary. Um, it's hard to move the ball against them. The Ravens could not run the ball against the Denver Broncos at all. That was part of the problem. And I, Kenny Pickett looks really good. And I, you know, especially if they win this week, we're definitely going to have to probably have Ian on the show to talk about it. But this, that offense has weapons. Uh, Najee Harris is starting to play a lot better now since they, like, I really feel like the decision to start Jalen Warren over him that one game, even though Warren ended up getting hurt and Najee ended up getting all the work. I think that that spoke to him a little bit. He's been running incredibly hard. He had that amazing, like, stiff arm last week. Um, which was like ferocious. I didn't see that play. It was pretty awesome. He just literally, uh, like picked up the defender, threw him to the ground. It was pretty awesome. Um, and then they have weapons everywhere, right? Uh, we talked about this about how you just needed not a. Hey, it's been a long time since I've said this on the show. You just needed not a corpse at quarterback for their offense to be better. And congrats, Kenny Pickett's not a corpse. He's actually pretty good. Um, so I think this will be a close game. But I just believe in the weapons on Pittsburgh more um, to do just enough against the Pittsburgh uh, the Baltimore defense. That is good, but I believe that that Pittsburgh's offense is is better than the Baltimore defense just enough more than the reverse of that. Right? Sure. So. Sure. 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 Ah, here we go. The the big one. The New York Jets and Mike Effin White. Coming to take on the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, like I said about this one, I am scared of this game because they beat us with Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson didn't really have like a sensational game, right? Um, and now that they have much better quarterback play, it's concerning. Uh, we still have injury concerns. Obviously, Von Miller's not playing in this game. I don't know about the health of Deion Dawkins. I hope he'll be back, right? Because that'll be tough against a really great front seven of the Jets. I think this one is going to be another one that comes down in a wire, which is going to make me nervous because, like I said, <laughs> Now the Dolphins are clipping at our heels. I don't want to drop a game like this. Um, but I'm going to pick Buffalo here. I think that they've, they, they're they going to learn a little bit from their mistakes in the last game. Um, I think that I love that James Cook is getting more and more involved, especially with the dump-off passing game. Yeah. Uh, that, that threat, even though Devin Singletary has shown that he can do it, he's just not the same explosive threat that James Cook is. We saw that a couple times on the run game too with James Cook, not just the Pats game. Uh, I like that being involved. Um, You know, I made the joke about, I don't, I think Khalil Shakir should be playing over Isaiah McKenzie, but all of a sudden Isaiah McKenzie has been coming on really hot the last couple of weeks. Um, I just, I think we have just enough to get it done, but I do think it's going to be very close. Sure, sure, sure. All right, taking the Bills at home. Last but not least, the Monday night football games to end the weekend. 
the Patriots taking on the Cardinals. This is one where I feel confident, which means everybody should go bet their life savings on the team I don't pick because that means I'm going to be wrong. But I feel very confident in the Patriots in this game. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, Tell me I, why. I, I just like I like I like um, the Cardinals' offense and having Hollywood and um, uh, D Hop together is scary combo. It's a very great combo, but I just think that the Pats' defense is very very good. They're going to be able to slow that down. And I don't think the Cardinals' defense is good, and that means that Mac Jones is going to have time to throw down the field instead of yelling at his defensive offensive coordinator, your blank game sucks. <laughs> Let's do this more. Um, although he did clarify that he didn't mean the run game. He meant the short pass game, and he wanted to go downfield. I don't know what's happening there. They need a real offensive coordinator is what they need. Probably. But I just think that is. I think that the Patriots are just a better team, right? Okay. And I think that the better teams win games like this when they need to win the games because if the Pats drop this game, they're for sure out of the playoff picture, in my opinion, especially with the Chargers hanging there and then the Jets and the Dolphins fighting for those other spots too. So I think that there just won't be enough good Cardinals for this game. There we go. There we go. So a little recap. You took the Steelers and the Bills at home over the Ravens and Jets respectively and the Patriots on the road against the Effing, I forget how he said it. Our schematic. He said. He said, uh, "Throw the dang ball." No, I'm talking about Kyler Murray oh, I in the post game two said. weeks ago. He was like, "Our system is effed," or something. Yeah, that like that. That Cardinals team is effed in the off season. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. All right, so let's go. Let's trip you up. Let's get you going. The game that we both said we're looking forward to most. The Lions are hosting the Vikings. Yeah, here we go. So I'm kind of I'm getting a little cocky with my pass picks. I'm going to go with my heart on these ones because, you know what, I got some got some wiggle room here. The Vikings and the Lions are fascinating when they play each other. The last four games between these two ga- between these two teams have been decided by an average of two and a half points. They played earlier in the season. It was a 28-24 to victory for the Vikings. Do you know all the things that went wrong for the Lions in that game? A lot. That's what I know. Two a lot. Two missed field goals. Two failed fourth down conversions, an interception to end, a comeback try by the Lions. I feel really strongly about this Lions team right now. We made the joke earlier. You, I should say you made the joke about how the Bills are the first team to win back-to-back games in Detroit in like six years. Well, the Lions get theirs here. They're going to beat the Vikings. In you know, game. what's funny is that one of our theories is going to be proven wrong here. Because I'm trying to trip you up with these games like this, but I I tried to trip you up because I thought there was no way you were going to pick the Lions, and you did. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> um, so there's something's going to happen here. Um, Panthers, off their bye week, get to travel to Seattle. So Panthers, off nice rest, another week of uh, Sam relearning the system that he should have known weekend with. Uh, but Sam Donald getting another start against the Seattle Seahawks, who a little bit banged up. Yeah, this one is definitely, definitely difficult for me. And I feel like that's what I enjoy about our thinking of games because I feel like most people will be like, oh, the Panthers, like they've won four games, like the Seahawks are better. And I think they probably are, but I don't think that means they lock in a win here. I am taking the Seahawks, but I'm very worried about this game because of the health of the running backs. If Kenneth Walker were healthy, and like we're saying, it's a possibility he plays and whatnot. Maybe that's true. If Kenneth Walker was healthy, I'd feel much more confident in this pick, but I'm not. 
I love what the Panthers have done as of late. I think you do as well. They have definitely had a fire lit under them. But right now, the number one defender in terms of passes batted down is a defensive lineman. It's Derek Brown. Derek Brown? Juwan Brown? I'm pretty Derek sure. Brown. I, is, I thought Derek Brown was on the um, Patriots. He's not. He oh. is a defensive tackle that has oh, the most batted okay. passes for the Carolina Panthers. Not Uchenna Nuoso. Oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. You're right. Derek Brown. He was a first-round pick a couple years ago. Yes. Yeah. He's on the Panthers, right? Yes. Yes. I thought you were saying the Seahawks. I was like, what? No, I'm saying... Batted down passes is yes. not. It's not a safety. It's not. It's not J.C. Horn. It is a defensive lineman. So that's for a team where you know Gino threw to DK like fourteen times and DK caught it fourteen times. You know I love J.C. Horn, but right now the Seahawks last week showed that they can do it through the air. They don't need to do a dump off pass off game anymore. So Derek Brown isn't going to be getting those big mitts up there necessarily. I won't be shocked whatsoever if the Panthers pull this one off, but I'm taking the Seahawks. Obviously, that's why I gave them to them. If the if the Bucks would have lost on Monday night, I would have pounded the table on my recall, saying I was right all along. The Panthers are going to win the division. Let's go! But and yeah, 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 moving on to the last game, the Chargers hosting the Dolphins. The simultaneous catch versus the World Bowl. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, I'm being a homer here. I'm taking the Miami Dolphins. I agree. So the score of the game against San Francisco does not, in my opinion, reflect how that game actually went. I agree. I agree. I think Tua played his worst game of the year. I don't know why. I mean, you could point to the offensive tackles. You could point to Nick Bosa, who I think I said is my favorite defensive end in the game. And you're like, he's your favorite player in the NFL. I was like, no. (laughs) But I I love Nick Bosa. I think he was consistently... uh, pressuring but not only Nick Bosa there were I believe I know there was definitely three it might be four that had at least two quarterback pressures in that game so Tua had no time and I know like the whole thing is he's accurate but he was off his game I don't there I don't I don't have no I have no justification for that I will say if it wasn't for a challenged fourth down failure I feel like the Dolphins could have won that game I feel like the Dolphins were going to win that game, I just got to say. but Like I said, the Chargers have a historically bad run defense. Their pass defense isn't much... I mean, like it's not historically bad. But you can move the ball on these Chargers. Everyone's saying, oh, but Miami doesn't run the football. Well, they don't really because they throw so much, but that doesn't mean they can't run the football. They just ran... For 185 yards, and a couple weeks they've ago. got they've got very good running backs in Mostert and Wilson for sure. So if they get that going a little bit more than they were able to establish against the 49ers defense, I, I really I just I feel good about the Dolphins in this one. All right, all right. So you have the two ro- home teams first. Excuse me, the Lions uh, upsetting the Vikings, the Seahawks getting it done against the Frisky Panthers, and then the Dolphins uh, coming back and winning after a loss against the Los Angeles. Chargers. There we that go. That was Pal's Picks, sponsored by um, Lammy. My Lammy, because I have to hold Lammy every time I lose Pal's Picks every week, because I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with the way that turned. <laughs> All right, let's get to Cold Reads. Hoops edition. The Lakers are now 10-12. and 12. What do you say about that? They're still overrated. Anthony Davis, MVP candidate. Yeah, well, finally. Scored 57 points the other night. Anthony Davis has been in L.A. for what now? Is this his third year? Like no, nah, I actually think it might be four. But we, they won a title with him. We expected this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, 
don't I don't buy into it. Ten and twelve, man. They're 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 streaking. Yeah, I mean, after where they were after they were like one and six or one seven way, or something so, like that. I mean, yeah, um, don't believe in the L.A. Lakers. I'll still root for them because LeBron's my guy. All right, I don't really have a cold read. That's why I did that. Oh, unless you I feel one. like I did have a cold read and I forgot what it was. We'll see if we come asked, back to it. If it not, yeah. let's do the. It might have been the Mike corner. White thing. Damn. That audio looks fun. It probably sounds terrible. But uh, Fantasy Corner, man, we finally got our two-win week. Now, <laughs> now we are not we are not in the clear, right? We, no. We, we, like, we, the, the, <laughs> wow. The, wow. The playoffs are, are next week, so we, we have to win this week. We are in a win-and-in position. Now, there is a scenario in which we could still go one-and-one and, one and still make it, but I don't want to bet on that. I want to win and get in. <laughs> Win and in situation, which is exciting. I mean, obviously, you want to be the guy that right. has lost two games, right? right? But, but that's not what happened. But also, good call on the Seattle defense. Seattle, I think, had 14 points yeah. for us so defensively. That was really great. Um, but now we're in an uh, interesting situation where... Uh, so Lazard's on a bye. We probably put Metcalf in that spot. We, yep, and mean, then we have to talk about a flex between Mostert... Hubbard or Cook, right? So we have options here if we want to talk about them for a second. Yeah, so more so than anything, because obviously one of them goes into that flex position. But I will say, and this gets a little bit dicey, do we go with one of those guys over somebody with a tougher matchup in terms of our guys that we've been like, these are our, our star guys, Harris and Pierce. Both have tough matchups. And I know that the Texans have been committed to Pierce, but if they get down in Dallas, so I'm not going to lie, I haven't paid that close attention to to Houston that often to be like, oh, they're getting blown out. They're still running. It depends on how much they get blown out by, but if they're down only by like ten or thirteen, they oh I know they, they still, still go. give him. I the know football. they still do that. Now when it goes to like twenty plus, they don't really do it as much anymore. And, I mean, obviously, like the Miami game, he only had five carries. Uh, the Washington game, he only had ten carries. Um, but even in that one game against Miami, where he had five carries, they still targeted him six times. Right, so he's still involved in this offense. I would be really afraid to not play Damian Pierce. Um, I, like you can you can make an argument for some of these other guys, but are you saying like you definitely want to put Mostert in, and that's why I feel very good about a Mostert play right. this week, especially because you just said historically bad run. Historically, defense. it would be insane if he didn't have a good game. Yeah, more than anything, because it, it certainly felt, and this means it's going to be wrong because you can't really put stock into these things, right? It really felt like. There was a changing of the guard that Jeff Wilson was the guy. Miami ran eight times against San Francisco. Mostert had seven of those. Like if I actually there's, didn't think if about there's that. a That's guy a that a they're point. like, you're yeah. going to run the ball, it That's is Mostert. Yeah, I, listen, I I would have out of the ones I said, I, I would have wanted to put Mostert in that flex, right? Now, but talking but, to me into some in over. But tell me about James Cook. It just makes me so. So here's the thing: is I do love James Cook, and like I think that it's 
it's so frustrating because I wish that I could. We just... also don't need to be committed to no, I night. Know. I know, I know. Well, yeah, I know, but Buffalo gives up runs. They do. And they really went with Donovan White in that game. But regardless, Donovan Knight. Um, so the tough thing about James Cook is that in the last two weeks, 11 to- total targets. Five two weeks ago, six last week. That's awesome. I love that, right? But the thing that concerns me is that three weeks ago, he had 11 carries. And then last week, he had 14. But in the middle, they only gave him two. Sure. Right? And so if I I, I feel confident James Cook's going to get five to six targets in that game, which is awesome. I know he's going to get those, right? And catch, you know, maybe four or five of them. The thing that concerns me is I don't know if it's going to be a two-carry game or a 10-plus carry game. Because if you're telling me James Cook gets 10-plus carries and five-plus targets, then I want him over a lot of other players. Because I think he's going to make one or two plays with those, right? But I, I'm i just concerned against a very stout defense in the Jets what's going to happen um if we start to run and we're hitting a wall and then they just stop going to James Cook, right? I, that That's what concerns me. But I'm really happy. Like, I, I'm happy with his usage. And I'm definitely going to be very excited when they face uh, uh, Miami and Chicago in the playoffs because those are both teams that do not defend the running backs very well. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm really nervous now that, like, this... Not that now, not not that we haven't had stakes for the last couple of weeks, but this is like it, man. <laughs> this is it. I don't want to make a mistake. <laughs> sure. So I will say I hear what you're saying. The same, but when I mean, we're not talking about star running backs, the same could be said for Mostert, right? That is a risk, right? But Mostert's matchup is so juicy, right? Sure. You just said that, like, so historically bad. I'd be stunned if he didn't break one or two. In a half-point PPR, those six targets are a little less valuable. So I feel like if we have White on our bench right now, he does go off against the Jets. That gives us so much confidence to play him moving forward, knowing that he's probably grabbed the reins on being that lead guy. So that is a good situation to be in. So I think for now, we put Mostert into that flex position. And you still feel good about... Knight being there? Yeah, I so Buffalo's defense is good, but Buffalo's defense still gives up runs. I mean, we talked about how we lost the last Jets game because Michael Carter was awesome, right? Yeah. Um I I feel like I feel like Zonovan White is gonna Zonovan Knight, excuse me, is gonna have enough of a good game. Um, because they're yeah, using him now. What did you call now. him during the game? I, I, I called it I kept saying white for some reason instead of <laughs> Knight. Because the funny thing is is um, on some of the fantasy platforms, they have his name as Donovan Knight. And so I was focused so much on saying Zonovan that for some reason I forgot that his last name is Knight, not White. I don't know. But Zonovan Knight uh, is a, seemed to be a very, very good player. And I think that uh, the one weakness of Buffalo is their run defense. And it's not, you know, harrowing or anything, but I think that he's going to be able to get, you know, I think he'll get over like 70, 75 yards, which is a good baseline for a half-point PPR league. I want to ask you this. There's no definitive answer from right now from what I'm finding. I don't know the status of Michael Carter. You think if Michael Carter's back, yeah, if Michael Knight's Carter, still good? If Michael Carter is back, then a discussion could be had between Cook and Hubbard because Hubbard also had 17 carries in their last game, in his last game. Um, I have stock in Michael Carter in, in another league. Let me double-check. Let me just like... 
pull up my thing. Now, Carter did play against Chicago two weeks ago. He did. Which was now, the quote-unquote night breakout game. Yeah, Knight was said, still involved. It said Carter was listed as... Okay, so this is still an update from last week where he said he was out uh, with an angle injury. Um, and it says the 23-year-old being inactive is not a surprise. Fantasy managers to expect Zonovan Knight, uh, Ty Johnson, and James Robinson to split carries. But definitely, obviously, Knight uh, took the bulk of the role. Um, now... I actually, oh, I'm looking at Michael Carter's numbers, and I'm like, wow, I thought Donovan Knight was way better than that. Um, <laughs> and he was. Um, he obviously was the lead guy. James Robinson got some play, but 15 carries for Knight, 90 yards, and he caught five of five targets for 28 yards, right? He was the starting running back, basically, for them. And I feel like they probably are going to keep trying to ride that hot hand with Mike White. Okay. And if Mike White trusts him enough to dump it off five times, I think that that's something to bet on. For sure. Okay. Um, but now, if we get to Saturday and it's like Michael Carter's good, he's rolling out, there's no thing holding him back, then we could have a different conversation. But for right now, I feel confident going back with Zonovan. Well, it's go time. What about the defense discussion? I mean, I feel – I still feel okay about having Seattle, honestly. Uh, the only other thing that I would talk about is Kansas City against Denver because, you know, they can't score 18 points. Sure, sure. Um, I can be what talked, I find... I can be talked into that. What I find difficult about... So this is one of the only leagues that I still have defense. I either do IDPs or I have leagues that don't have any defense at all. So I find defensive scoring difficult because it's about splash plays usually more than anything, right? Right. And Seattle and continues to consistently you know, do that. That's a really good point to bring up because I was going to say... Seattle gives up points, but yeah. they do make splash plays. So, yeah, I think that's probably the smart thing to stay with them um, over over KC. But uh, maybe we do the smart thing once waivers go tomorrow. Um, or actually, we're, this is a full-time waivers league, isn't it? We don't just get to randomly add. I can't remember. I think, I think we ra- randomly add. I think we should watch once waivers goes tomorrow and check to see if there's defenses who are available to be picked up that have good matchups for the next two weeks and just put them on our bench. Sure, sure. Um, I have no qualms with that. But I'm okay with Seattle for this week. Okay. Yeah. Well, there we have it. Fantasy Corner, sponsored by... I don't know, man. Lammy. Lam- no, you, you Lammy. Lammy when I you win. Lammy when we... Actually, no. Lammy's a sad... Thing. I don't really cuddle with my lamb anymore unless it's I'm sad. What's wrong with you? A lot of things. All right, let's finish off this episode <laughs> strong. I've got some tidbits, and then we can do a friend's fortune. So we had Scorigami this past weekend. Uh, for those of you who didn't listen earlier on the season, Scorigami is the rare thing that happens when there is a unique final score of an NFL game that's never happened before. So we had the 1,074th unique NFL score when the Colts lost to the Dallas Cowboys 54-19. to That is the 1,054th unique score in the NFL history. Hot diggity dog. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing I want to say is I, this is kind of a tidbit, but also I just wanted to bring it up to you. Did you see the Patrick Mahomes interview where he talked about his draft process with KC? No. So he said that the night before he was supposed to meet with the Chiefs, uh, Matt Nagy reached out to him and said, listen, I want you. Here are our plays. Study them so that when you show up, you know what's going on. And so Pat said on the, on this podcast, I think it's Travis Kelsey's podcast. It's the Kelsey podcast. Okay. 
Um, he was like, so I studied all night long to show up. And then he said that he had agents that were talking to him about like, you know, we're going to take you here if you get here. And so he said that he was like, I felt pretty confident that I wasn't going to get by 12 because I felt that New Orleans was going to take me. And so he said um, he called Nagy up again. He was like, listen, if you guys want me, I'm being told by my agents that some guys are going to take him here. So you better come up and take me. And I just think it's so fun that like both the teams really wanted each other. And they were like, not not really colluding, but colluding to make sure that they ended up uh, being the match that happened. But the, the clip's very fun. I'm sure you could find it on Twitter of him explaining Matt Nagy. But I was like, Matt Nagy, pretty smart. More so than <laughs> anything, like, that. that's all pretty B.A., right? Like, that's cool. But, like, imagine, like, Patrick Mahomes, like, doing, like, this back backdoor, like, cutthroat, like, business deals. But, like, everyone makes fun of his voice. He's like, hey, guys, if you, uh, uh, if you want me, you better uh, trade up. Hey, you know what's really cool is the B-Real is happening right now while we're live on Simultaneous Catch. Wow. So be here we real, go. Guys, here we be go. Real. Three, two, one. That was oh, not yeah. real at all. Sponsored by Be Real. Okay, first of all, they give you two minutes so you can not look disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to say we didn't talk about this. This is more news than a tidbit, but the Titans firing of John Robinson, their GM, um, that that is pretty significant. I, I thinking about it, I'm not surprised. I mean, I think John Robinson, in his time with the Titans, has done some good work of finding gems that have been there. But really, the last handful of years, there have been some whiffs. The Julio Jones, they traded a pretty decent chunk to to do that. Now, I mean, I might have been the only one that was like, Julio's still really good. But No, I don't think it was. At the time, I think we were all like, okay, yeah, Julio. But I honestly... and. You know, it's so funny, the timing, but I feel like the timing can't be a coincidence. I feel like After AJ Brown. they showed up, AJ Brown crushed them, and they were like, I can't believe you made that deal. Get out of here. <laughs> um, somebody did surmise, though, that they were like, do you think it's possible that he lowballed the AJ Brown deal on purpose and then didn't get enough for AJ Brown, and they did, but he did that all like without ownership's approval? And then last week was the last straw where they were like, that's the guy that you should have paid money to instead of trading for Traylon Burks, right? And no offense to Traylon Burks, he's shown some flashes recently. Unfortunately, he had that very scary injury. But like, how I've said it on the show before, they need a guy like A.J. Brown right now to really, really make their offense scary. And they don't have that guy right now. So, sure, you're right. You're so right. it's cutthroat and it's tough, but uh, that's the NFL. That's what happens. Just wanted uh, wanted to say that we didn't say that he he got fired. So, got a friend's got a, fortune. Got a bulldog face. <laughs> he yeah. really does. <laughs> I just never thought of it that way until you said that. But yeah, I mean, I'm gonna pull up a picture of him. I want to say fortune? I got my friend's fortune right. Yeah, and you didn't say it at the top of the episode. Pretty proud. Like you're supposed to. Pretty so. proud. More so proud. Remind people what it is. Uh, I got. I said Isaiah Pacheco would have 150 plus total yards and and a touchdown. Now, if you think about that in the technical way, he didn't. And I made a joke, but here is Adam's thing: is when Adam's texting, he pretends to listen to you, but he's not really, and he just goes like, "Yeah, mm-hmm, sure." He does that, so I'm like, "Hey, can return yards count for this?" And he goes, "Yeah." I'm like, okay, it's final. So because of that, he was he did it. <laughs> I still want to say I'm still up on Fred's fortune this year because I've gotten two right. 
So actually, I think I've gotten three right. We'll have to go back and look at that. But I think I yeah, I think you have three because I think I have. Yeah, two. I was gonna say I I know I have uh, a handful, but that's all we got, right? Unless you got a friend's fortune. Uh, do you not have one? I don't, but I can make up one very easily. Well, I want to hear you do that. I'm all right, tough. all right, here we go. <clears throat> Raheem Mostert <laughs> will have three rushing touchdowns against the historically bad Los Angeles Chargers rushing defense, oh, leading man. simultaneous catch to the playoffs. Oh man, um, we didn't talk about something that you had on the schedule this week and that was that Deshaun Watson was bad. He was bad. I just want to point this out. They only won that game because Houston's bad and because their defense made play after play after play. Deshaun Watson was bad in that game. I agree 100%. But for my friend's fortune, I'm going to say that Deshaun Watson throws three touchdowns against the Bengals. Okay. All right. Well, maybe the, in an upset? You're calling an upset? I'm not calling an upset. Okay. All right. At first, I would have been yeah. like, that's not bold. But I saw how bad I think he looked. Now, maybe we're talking no, about bold. like... No, it's bold. It's for sure bold. Because okay. the Cincinnati <laughs> defense is better than the Houston defense, and he was bad. So There we go. Thanks for listening to Simultaneous Catch, guys. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram. Instagram is Simultaneous Catch. Twitter is Simult Catch. Um, run your pool. Josh has, I think, like a six-game lead right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um, make sure you check that out if you're still part of that. <laughs> No one except there's like for four, three of us. There's like four or three active. of us left, yeah. <laughs> um, it's fine. It's like a survivor pool at this point. Thanks for listening, guys. God yeah. bless.